Capitalism could not survive in a culture dominated by mysticism and altruism. The world is changing. The age of the consumer is over. Stand up for freedom, no matter what the cost. It can help to save your soul and maybe your country. Do you understand the forces shaping events in the world around you? Do you want to know the answers or just the issues? Do you know the secrets of prosperity economics? Live from Salt Lake City and at FreeCapitalist.com across the nation, you're listening to the free capitalist himself, Rick Kerber. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's time to wake up and turn your brain on. You're listening to Free Capitalist Radio, and this is a Free Capitalist. Coming back to you live, glad to be back on the air, and want to extend a hearty welcome to all of our old, faithful, loyal Free Capitalist listeners who have been waiting and waiting for the reemergence of Free Capitalist Radio. And also extend a hearty welcome to all of you new listeners who are, are fed up with what's going on in the world and are looking for answers, not just talking points, conversations, and mind-numbing waste of time uh, pontification. Here on Free Capitalist Radio, what we're going to do at this point and from this point forward is we're going to talk to you openly, candidly, and directly about how we move forward. Those of us who are engaged in this battle for liberty, those of us who love liberty, those of us who see the problems for what they are, this show is dedicated to speaking squarely and straightly. You know, in the past, we've done a lot of things. We've focused a lot about politics. We've talked a lot about uh, news of the day. We'll still do some of that. But make no mistake, given where we are at this point in history, there is no time to waste. And as a matter of fact, if you look around the freedom movement, there are some serious problems. And I would argue there are more serious problems than before the freedom movement was as strong as it is today because too many of us have our muskets if you will pointed in the wrong direction oftentimes pointed at each other and this is no way to win a revolution matter of fact i would argue that most people who think they're engaged in the liberty revolution are actually serving our enemies now i know that's a bold statement but like I said, I got to give it to you straight. And the last four years have given us, uh, meaning me and my family, a new perspective on this battle for liberty. It is an eternal cause, and there are so many people awaking to it that that's good news. And we have got an opportunity now, unlike any time in history, to move this battle forward and to actually achieve a victory. But sadly, too many of the voices for liberty are exploiting your, your passions and your support and concerns for other purposes. And, and secondly, there are a lot of sincere and good voices, friends of ours, friends of mine, in this battle for liberty, who quite frankly are very good at pointing out things that they don't like, things that are going on in the world that make them uncomfortable or angry or passionately objectionable, I understand. But too many people are very good at pointing those things out without really having a path forward, having any real strategic, organized plan for how to move forward. And quite frankly, my friends, you know, those of us who love liberty um, have grown tired of all the nonsense and the excuses of organizations who promise revolution and change, but, but quite frankly, seem to be serving up more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. And uh, those of you who know my story and know what has been going on in the last four years know that I have literally been looking the dragon right in the eye. And uh, we have been battling toe-to-toe for four years, and we'll talk more about that uh, sometime, I'm sure. But there is nothing that is, is more sobering than recognizing you are on the front line of the war. You're no longer a armchair quarterback. You are no longer just a talk radio host. You're no longer just speaking criticisms and, and, and making entertainment about what's going on in the world, but that, in fact, you are on the front lines, and if you lose, it is your very life. It's your very family, it is very, your, your very livelihood, 
and, and in some ways, your very existence. And um, that changes your perspective. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the 13 Principles of Prosperity understand that perspective has a dramatic effect on how we behave. Uh, or to quote the principle, perspective determines action. In other words, if you behave the way you behave now uh, with one perspective, if I can change your perspective, I have a, a, a high degree of confidence that your behavior uh, will change to reflect that new perspective. Listen, what am I talking about? I mean, where are we going? What are we doing here on Free Capitalist Radio? What's going on? Why are we relaunching? What's, what's the new news? What's the new excitement? I mean, why are you back on the air? And quite frankly, the answer to that question is simpler than it's ever been. I just can't remain silent any longer. Uh, for the last four years, as I've been engaged in my battle with the federal government, and as I have been engaged to preserve and protect and defend my own family, um, quite frankly, I have been uh, in some ways like Obi-Wan Kenobi, hiding out in his cave. And, um, you know, I can't stay here. I can't stay in the cave, uh, quiet, watching um, the two major problems. Number one, the increasing speed with which our society seems to be heading recklessly towards tyranny. And secondly, how my friends and my colleagues who love liberty and freedom seem to be fueling in some major ways our destruction. Um, and, and I know that that's not going to be a welcome message in some circles, but I've got to speak candidly to you. You've got to turn your brain on and think for a minute. A lot of the things that are done in the name of the Tea Party these days or in the name of uh, you know, fighting for freedom and liberty are actually being scripted, supported, and encouraged by our enemies. You know, we're going to have to get to the point where, where especially those who listen to this radio show um, can look truth in the eye and say, oh, I see this for what it is. And, and quite frankly, my friends, uh, talking and protesting and criticizing isn't enough. Um, as a matter of fact, it gives cover for the enemy. It gives sanction uh, for what those who are looking to transform our society into something much different than it uh, was designed to be at our founding, uh, covered to do what they're doing. And I'm not just talking now about the United States of America either. Remember, that torch, that flame of liberty that, that was uh, relit in, in, in the modern generation here in the land of liberty in America, um, that torch uh, and that flame spread across the globe. And um, there are many, many people and many uh, institutions of government across the globe who owe their experiments in liberty to America's founding. But America is still that city on the hill. We are still the leader in, in, in the cause of liberty. And so um, the, 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 the truth is, as America's battle for liberty goes, so goes the hope of the world. Uh, if liberty can be snuffed out here, it has no chance anywhere. And we're rapidly approaching that day, my friends, when when, when, when there is no uh, liberty to snuff out. Now, we're not there yet. We still have, uh, uh, thank God, uh, many liberties and much of that system that the founders set up. Um, in various uh, conditions, for sure, the institutions of liberty are uh, in need of repair uh, and rebuilding. But, but thank God we still have um, the relics, the remnants uh, of that revolution and that uh, superstructure, uh, the foundation of which they reared uh, back in the 1770s uh, on into the uh, early 1800s. Uh, we still have a lot of that foundation that we can build upon and some of the structure that they built that we can rely upon. But there is not much time left, my friends. Uh, for those of you who have eyes to see who are awake and, and see what's happening every day, um, you know that time is running out. And what is worse is when those who love liberty uh, get duped into doing things and saying things and acting in ways that fuel this uh, tide of tyranny that is taking over our society. And, um, you know, I'll just tell you at the outshoot, as we relaunch Free Capitalist Radio here, uh, I'm done preaching to those or, or trying to teach those who still don't understand uh, that we're in a war and that the cause of liberty is in jeopardy. Um, it's not that I... Uh, wouldn't if I had the opportunity, if I came across someone, uh, I, I would if I came across someone and, and had the opportunity. But there's too much work left to do. And there are too many of you, my friends, who are listening, who are tired of excuses, who are tired of being passionate but losing, who are tired of seeing, uh, you know, for example, in our day, the greatest momentum for the cause of liberty and the Constitution of the United States, yet 
we're not making progress. I mean, we make progress in one area, but then we lose in, in, in 10 others. Uh, we take uh, some steps forward in the political front in one state, and then you know three other states go backwards. And if you don't believe me, um, you know that's all right, uh, but keep your eyes open and keep your brain on. Um, I, I know that that might be frustrating to some of you who are anxiously engaged in the battle, and, and you're so committed to the cause that you refuse to see uh, the signs of failure. But, but here's the truth, and I know a lot of you out there listening feel this way. Uh, because you send me messages, and over the last four years as I've been Obi-Wan Kenobi here, uh, hiding in the cave as I do my own personal battle, uh, you've written to me and, and, and you've asked me for my opinion and my advice because of these frustrations you have deep inside. You know that there's something wrong, even inside the liberty movement, because we're not winning. If, if principles govern, and the principles of liberty indeed are the principles that secure the happiness of mankind then what is going on? Why, uh, given so much momentum and so much support and so much attention, are those individuals and organizations that are advocating uh, for a restoration of constitutional government, uh, for the reclaiming of American society based on the, the principles that were uh, enshrined by our fathers, our founding fathers, so what, what Jefferson referred to as the ancient principles of prosperity, with all the modern resurgence why do we look around and see that the enemy seems to be even more successful and even more focused and even more um, capable of, of frustrating the efforts of those who are fighting for liberty? Well, my friends, there's an answer to that question. It's not a rhetorical question. And uh, I want to talk to you openly and candidly here as we, we now embark on a new venture. I invite you to join us every day, a few hours every day is all we ask. And... Uh, you can start to discipline your mind and start to awaken yourself to two things. Number one, a correct diagnosis of the problem we face, both individually and as a nation. And, and quite frankly, that's true whether you're an American citizen or, or whether you're some of our friends over in Germany. Shout out to our friends over in Germany. Shout out to our friends in the U.K., in Japan, uh, in Taiwan, uh, in South Korea. Those of you who don't know, um, as Free Capitalist Radio has broadcast over the last... Um, uh, well, we haven't broadcast for the last year or so. But prior to that, our broadcast was primarily over the Internet rather than over the airwaves. And we picked up more listeners internationally than we even had nationally. And we have now friends of liberty in, in many countries across this globe who have, have organized study groups and have, have started with the program uh, that I first instituted several years ago and have, have literally felt like they've been in a holding pattern wondering if the Free Capitalist Project and Free Capitalist Radio was ever going to reemerge. Well, my friends, uh, here we are. And um, without any bells and whistles, without any you know, grand new uh, pretensions, uh, we just have the truth. And, 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 and the truth that we can see, we want to share with others. If, if you feel that way, if you feel like you can see some truth, if you feel like you have some passion deep inside of you for the cause of liberty, we're friends. And uh, the goal here is to unite in the cause of liberty. And um, i got a commercial break coming up here real quick, but on the backside of that commercial break, we're going to talk about where we go from here. What are we doing? What is the nature of the battle uh, now that we're here in the middle of 2013 and given everything that's happened? And... Uh, uh, you know, I want to share with you uh, some insights and, and some new perspectives that I have because of the last several years. So uh, for those of you who've been waiting, uh, welcome back. For those of you who are new, uh, hearty welcome. Hope to make you longtime listeners. And for all of you who are friends of the cause of liberty, uh, we are happy to be back in the saddle broadcasting here from our Rocky Mountain uh, location, spreading this message of liberty and, and, and calling out to those of you who want to do more than just talk and more, who, more than just armchair quarterback, but who are really willing to engage in this battle for liberty, but to do so strategically, uh, to do so intelligently, and to do so ultimately for victory, not just to stay, stand up and say we stood up uh, when the ship goes down in flaming glory, but to carry this ship to harbor uh, and to win this battle and to bring this cause of liberty to the next generation and to accomplish something that is quite literally uh, the, the hope and dream uh, of so many of you who are listening uh, here to the show. So uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Free Capitalist Radio. We'll be back. But I said no, no, 
right, we're back. I want to uh, continue with where we were right before that commercial break. And uh, I, I want to make it very clear what it is I'm saying and what it is I'm not saying. The first thing I want to point out is this statement uh, that, that quite – Quite honestly, it is a deep concern of mine, and it's something that I have spent years now reflecting upon and evaluating, including criticizing my own past efforts as we have uh, previously launched the Free Capitals Project. I, I had to be honest, uh, my friends, over the last several years as I looked out on the world and said, you know, we're not winning. And... I don't play to lose. I, I don't feel like I'm on the earth to play to lose. I don't feel like the cause of liberty is a righteous cause that's going to go down in flames of glory and, and only to to be a story uh, of, of some past has-been uh, uh, time. I, I think it's our destiny to win, and, and I don't believe in mysticism. I believe that if we're going to win, uh, we're going to have to, to engage in a strategy that makes this battle winnable, and, and I know a lot of you are with me on that, and I know a lot of you are doing things uh, every day to, to help make that possible, but let's just get real. Uh, look at what our enemies are up to. Look at the success they have had. Uh, I, I don't mean to do this to discourage you because I am not discouraged. Um, we have tools and resources today that have never been available for the cause of liberty, and it will enable us here in a few short years to turn the tide and to claim the victory, and I mean that. But here is kind of the obvious brain-on tip of the day. How can you know if you are making progress if you don't know where your destination lies? If you're on a journey from here to there, but you don't know where the there actually is, then you will waste a lot of time running around telling yourself you're making progress because you're measuring yourself from where you are now to where you end up tomorrow and you're saying, hey, I've run a great distance. But imagine if you're on a race and you know where the starting line is but you don't know the finish line. Yes, it's true. You could take off running and you could have a good day running or a good week of running if it was a long, long journey, let's say. But if you don't know where you're going, you're just wasting your energy. Now, it might not be a complete waste because you might be getting stronger uh, or you might be getting uh, yourself in shape. And, and that's true. That's what we've been doing a lot in this freedom movement. But you better know where the finish line is, folks. If you want to win, if you want to be part of the group who wins in this battle for liberty, you better know what the finish line looks like and where it's at. And when I got real honest with myself, as I found myself engaged toe-to-toe with the enemy in a very real way, um, I, I realized that although I had some notion of where the finish line was and some notion of what it looked like, it wasn't specific enough. I did not have a detailed understanding of what victory looked like. So I couldn't plot a course with certainty from here to there. I don't regret what we've done. I don't think we have failed yet, but I do feel like we haven't succeeded yet. And I do feel that we are not succeeding in the sense that when I measure where we're at now in the cause of liberty and I measure where the enemy's at, he's still running faster than we are. Our enemies are still running faster. They're still accomplishing more and they're still undermining freedom faster then we're able to build on the foundation that's been laid before us uh, uh, upon which to rear a new superstructure. Now, I want to say two things about that. You're going to hear a change in language from me, and I would invite those of you who are friends to, to also police your language. You know, a lot of people are talking about saving the Constitution and restoring the Constitution. And a lot of people are talking about returning to the principles of the Founders. Now, those of you who know me and have listened to me for years know where my heart is on those issues. You know of my love and passion for the founders of America. You know of my past study of their teachings and my dedication to reestablishing those principles and teaching them and making them popular today. But I want to also tell you that I have now gone beyond that, meaning it is not enough in my mind to talk about the principles of our founders. It is not enough to talk about uh, somehow going back. 
this movement is not a movement to go back. I, I was reading a letter in Thomas Jefferson's papers where, where he had been in a discussion with a friend about the restoration of these ancient principles uh, that he and his colleagues had been advocating for. And he rebuked his friend for suggesting that just because there was a return to, to the knowledge of these ancient principles, that somehow society needed to, to march itself backwards. And I see that a little bit in the cause of liberty. Man, I see it a lot in the cause of liberty. This idea of yearning for the days of the past. But our victory, my friends, is in front of us. The victory is in the future. It's not far in the future. It's a few years in the future. And we have a lot of work to do between now and then. And... We, we have no success in going backwards. We need to revitalize and, and, and reemphasize the principles of prosperity, the principles of peace, the principles of freedom that make success and happiness possible. We need to do that. But as we do that, we're going to build upon and move forward the cause of liberty. We've got to accomplish things that have never been accomplished. We've got to usher forth a, a generation here in society that's going to see a world that has never existed, where the blessings and, and, and benefits and opportunities that come from liberty will outshine anything from the past. So I get tired of this yearning for the past, often spoken of an older generation or by an older generation as much as I respect them and I do and as much as I've learned from them and I have the work we have to do is moving forward it's about creating something new finishing the revolution that was started centuries ago now the second thing I want to say as we move forward it's important that we not only have the end game, the, the victory, the finish line, clearly and specifically marked on the map so we can measure our progress and we can know how fast are we progressing, how close are we getting, and we can measure the work that we're doing versus the work that those who are engaged against us are doing. That's essential. But the second thing that's essential, <coughs> the second thing that's essential is that in our war, that we are all aimed, focus-fired, on the enemy. And to do that, we've got to make sure we have not misdiagnosed the problem. Do you see, if you misdiagnose the problem, then your efforts to solve the problem will perpetually fail. And I see that happening all the time. I see that happening all the time in the world around us. I see my friends, my dear friends, engaged in the battle for freedom and the battle to re-enthrone liberty as the fundamental virtue in our society. I see them... Uh, doing things that, quite frankly, will fail because they're trying to solve the symptoms rather than solve the problems. And we've got to properly diagnose the problem. So, I've taken a long time uh, before I decided to come back on the air because over the last several years, uh, I decided that it wasn't worth being on the air and it wasn't worth speaking out if I didn't have those two things. If I didn't clearly have demarcated on the map the finish line, if I didn't know where it was, if I didn't know what we were aiming for, and if I didn't have a proper diagnosis of the problem. And th this is easy to talk about, but this is hard to know. And uh, it has taken a lot of work, but I am happy and excited to share with you uh, my insight uh, to those two things. And I've got another short commercial break here. Uh, stay tuned. And if you are willing to put some skin in the game, if you are willing to do more than just watch and be an observer to this historic time, uh, then you're in the right place and you're listening to the right radio show and uh, you're tuned in to the right message. And uh, I invite you to contact me and to, to join with us as we usher uh, this final uh, battle, if you will, in the War of Liberty forward so that we can claim the victory. Right, this is Free Capitalist Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. All right, 
we got two segments left, and uh, I want to just dive right in here into this, our, our third segment. Uh, welcome back to Free Capitalist Radio. We've got two segments left, and, and in this segment, I want to talk about uh, the, the first uh, uh, distinction that I was making earlier, which is uh, understanding what victory looks like. Uh, over the last several years, I've had the opportunity to go back and, and reimmerse myself in study and, and looking for, if you will, evidence uh, of, 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 of the finish line. Where is it? Uh, almost like an archaeologist, to use a metaphor, where we're looking for evidence uh, of something that, that was known in the past. Because when the founders started what they started, they had an end game in mind. Uh, some of you might not know that. Some of you uh, may not yet have studied uh, sufficiently to know that they knew they were starting a revolution that would have to be finished by a future generation. So I started by going back and studying, uh, again, uh, some of the same things that I had earlier studied to, to get me fired up about the cause of liberty and, 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 and being engaged myself. Um, and as I did that, my goal specifically was to identify the finish line. What does it look like? How do we know when we're there? How do we know that we are accomplishing what we need to accomplish to pull this off? And, and, and sadly, there's, there are a lot of friends of mine who are mystics, uh, whether they're philosophical mystics or religious mystics, and they seem to content themselves with this, with this false notion that it doesn't matter if I know what victory looks like, I'm just going to work really hard. And, and I applaud the, the type of faith, if you will, uh, that they're able to generate and muster to just work, uh, because work is sorely uh, undervalued in our society today, particularly work for a cause that's greater than ourselves. So I applaud that. And, and, and for my friends and colleagues who are engaged in work, um, I have great admiration for the work that they do. And a lot of times they work for minor victories or small victories. And, and it, it's like that metaphor or that story that you've heard, the parable, if you will, uh, of the young uh, person who's walking across the beach and, and is throwing the sea stars back into the sea and Someone, depending on the version of the story you hear, someone says to him, well, you know, look at all the hundreds or thousands of sea stars that have washed up on the sea. You can't possibly hope to make a difference. And, and the young person picks up the sea star, or in some versions of the story, it's even an old man. They pick up the sea star and they throw it in the ocean and they say, well, it made a difference to that one. And uh, there are a lot of people who are engaged in those kind of minor victories and, 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 and they are making a difference uh, in their, in the, in their uh, families, in their personal lives and in their, their local communities. And, and that's great. And there are friends and, and we should work with them. We've got to learn uh, some of what they've learned, and 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 we we can work with people who are engaged in those type of things. But what we talk about here on Free Capitalist Radio, and, and what I'm committed to, is, is the overall victory, and and that involves both an understanding, a broad understanding of a comprehensive strategy to win, as well as these these individual victories, uh, if you will, throwing the individual sea stars back. I want to get all the sea stars back in the ocean. I mean, in fact, I want to stop the problem of the sea stars washing up on the beach, to use that analogy. And we can do it. And, and the founders had a vision for how that would happen, or in other words, how you would put the capstone, if you will, uh, on, on this revolution so that, that liberty could thrive. Because they knew that their revolution wasn't finished. And uh, when you study the writings, particularly of Jefferson, he knew that society hadn't developed technologically, uh, morally, um, religiously, economically to the point that it needed to in order to accomplish uh, the end that he saw, if you will, the vision that he saw. And and I know that's a fun, funny language for some of you who, who have studied the founders, but for those of you who have truly studied the founders, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. And, and I went back and I studied and I said, look, I've got to understand what it is we're trying to accomplish here. I, I cannot content myself with working really hard and, and, and running around in circles. And that, quite frankly, is what it seems to me like has happened uh, so often in, in, in this battle for liberty. And so I spent several years getting a very clear blueprint in mind. And I see the blueprint. The blueprint that was laid by, by not only the founders, but many who have come after them, even in the cause of liberty in our day, who have laid the foundation for us to build upon. But I wanted to see it clearly. Again, to use that analogy of archaeology or uh, excavating, I wanted to excavate clearly the foundation, the whole foundation, so I could see it. And I could see exactly what we were building upon. And then I wanted to look at the blueprint, and I wanted to see if there was a blueprint, what the final structure is going to look like. So so that, uh, you know, to quote Stephen Covey, we can begin with the end in mind. And, and that's a hard thing, I have to tell you. Uh, there, it has been a frustrating series uh, of, 
of studies for me over the last several years. I, those of you who follow me on Facebook and, and Twitter and, and, and via email, uh, you know that I have wanted to relaunch Free Capitalist Radio for years and that I have often felt like we were just weeks uh, away, uh, sometimes even days away from relaunching the Free Capitalist Project. But I was constantly mindful that I did not want to again launch out without this clearly demarcated goal, this finish line. Uh, my wife Jewel said to me um, early, early on in our relationship, when, because we share this cause uh, as a passion, personally. And, and she talked to me and she said, well, t- I want you to tell me what you see. What is your vision? What does victory look like? When we, if we save the Constitution, if we bear it off triumphantly, if we restore liberty, if we restore our republic, what does, what does life look like? What's different? What's different from how life looks like now? And, and she wanted specifics, not just vague um, platitudes. And, and, and let me tell you, the lovers of liberty are great, uh, me included, at, at serving up platitudes. We talk with romantic notions because, because we have deep passions, and, and, and those kind of notions stir us. But, but they are a poor substitute for an actual battle plan. And our enemy has been far more organized and, and far more specific in their battle strategy for the last several decades. And uh, it has hurt us. It has hurt the battle for liberty. And my wife, uh, recognizing this, when we were talking, she said to me very personally in a very private conversation, what does it look like? Um, what do you see? And I, I just couldn't ever get that out of my mind. Even though we've had lots of conversations on that, before I relaunched, I wanted to make sure I could see clearly. And I even wondered whether it was possible. I wondered whether uh, that image was going to come to my mind, whether through study or revelation or inspiration or, 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 or knowledge of history. I didn't know if I was going to be able to obtain it. I, I had faith that I could. But I worried at times because I felt like I, I, I had all the pieces of the puzzle. I felt like I had my hands wrapped around it, but I just couldn't see it. And there were several times when I was tempted to just get to work and start building, and I thought to myself, well, you take a couple steps into the darkness, and then the light will, will go before you, and you'll see. And, and I believe that is appropriate in several, several contexts, but not in this context. I just couldn't get up in the morning and commit myself to the battle uh, and commit myself to the advancement of the Free Capitalist Project if I didn't see what the battle plan was. And, and, and I was worried. That, that I might not ever see it in, in detail. But I will tell you that the last six months has just been a whirlwind. And it has been tremendous to start to, to put these pieces together. Some of the pieces that we've seen and, and that our friends in the, in the Battle for Liberty have seen for years, um, but putting them together in slightly different ways that, that reveal a mosaic, if you will, or a picture that is so enthralling that, that I can't... <sighs> I can't explain the excitement. I, I, I was stunned as I started to see with some new insight uh, what this blueprint looked like. And I, I mean, seriously, I, I've, I've created a, a, uh, for my own use, I've created a, a document using PowerPoint because I'm not a graphic artist and, and PowerPoint's about as sophisticated as it gets for me. I've created an image uh, of this blueprint and what it looks like on one sheet of paper and, and what this cause, um, what the battle plan of this cause um, looks like to get from here to there. And what does the finish line look like and where is it? I, I see it. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at it. It's on my computer screen right now. And, and uh, it would take me in a personal conversation one-on-one with you uh, several hours to just walk you through this diagram. And, and I will talk to you about it here on the radio show today and, and over the several, next several days. So, so be sure to tune in and, and be sure to make sure you're doing the two things that are required when you do turn in is that you wake up and turn your brain on. And we're going to talk about this. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about where we're headed. And for those of you who are willing to get some skin in the game, who, who really are willing to commit yourself and, and who can be united with your spouse and your family, your children, um, to live lives that reflect the values that you believe in, uh, you're in the right place. And, and I invite you to reach out, uh, make contact. Uh, you can reach me uh, via the web. You can reach me via Facebook. Uh, you can send me a Facebook message. That would be great. Um, but reach out, let us know, identify yourselves so that we know you're with us and you know we, we can be with you. We can uh, work together as we advance this battle. Now, uh, so as I look at this, I want to get into the details, but I want to talk about uh, the second uh, piece of the puzzle here. And uh, again, I've got a commercial break coming up, so we'll talk about uh, the second piece of the puzzle, which is we want to make sure that we haven't misdiagnosed the problem so that our efforts to solve the problem um, aren't doomed to fail. Because I've seen that happen, and it doesn't 
matter whether it's the John Birch Society from the 1960s and on forward, or whether it's the modern-day Ron Paul movement and the Campaign for Liberty, so much of those movements I, I feel inspired by, I respect. I have many friends involved in those organizations, many friends in leadership in those kind of organizations, and I just use those two as examples. There are others. Um, but as much as I respect those organizations, too often I see, and, and quite frankly in candid private conversation with those friends, they admit that despite the temporary successes or seasonal flare-ups in support for their movements, they recognize that they're losing ground. It's the one-step-forward, two-step-back uh, syndrome as our enemy seems to march forward incessantly. And um, the reason, quite frankly, my friends, is because so many so-called conservatives, and, I, and I've eschewed the use of that term uh, personally. It, it has become so compromised it means nothing to me anymore. Um, but so many conservatives or constitutionalists or, or libertarians have misdiagnosed the problem. And by doing so, they've made enemies out of friends, made friends with enemies, and, 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 and we've got our muskets shooting every which direction, and we're not focused on actually solving the problems before us. And we've got to do that. We've got to get ourselves focused. Uh, if you are like me at all, you are tired of wasting your time and energy uh, only to realize that a year from now, you feel the same way you do today, except for the situation's worse. It's time to win. And it's time to start winning individually in our own personal lives. It's start time to start winning in our families and, and sharing the successes with our children and then with our communities. And it is time to reclaim this republic for real, not just rhetorically, and we can do it. And I want to share more of, of this vision that I see with you and, and what the actual problem is uh, on the backside of this break. So stay with us. Uh, I'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Free Capitalist Radio. break. I want to, though, get into some details. I want to talk to you about the problem versus the symptoms of the problem. Because, again, if we, just to reemphasize what I've said, if we misdiagnose the problem, then our efforts to solve the problem are going to perpetually fail. And some of you see this, especially some of you who are involved right now in political causes or, or in political work, you see this. And some of you who are involved in business, you see this. Where if you've misdiagnosed the problem, no matter how hard and sincerely you move forward, um, you're perpetually failing because you're only solving symptoms. Um, it, 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 quite frankly... Uh, is an endemic uh, uh, reality uh, for the cause of liberty. So, so what is the problem? Well, let me just tell you, the problem is not big government. Uh, I know you've been trained, taught, and educated that's the problem, but quite frankly, our enemies want you to think that that's the problem. The problem's not government spending. Uh, I understand. I know how serious that problem is, quote-unquote, but that's not the problem. The problem is not government taxation. It's not the 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution, uh, you know, again, I know that's going to be frustrating to some of you to hear. You've been trained, taught, and educated by, by some of you by people who love liberty. And they've been trained, taught, and educated that the government taxation is the problem. Uh, government spending is the problem. Big government's the problem. And, and, and quite frankly, my friends, and those of you who know my story know that I have had to learn this uh, through, through some hard lessons. Uh, but this is not the problem. Um, the problem is not even out-of-control government. I, I know a lot of you, uh, my friends, think that the, the problem is out-of-control government. Those are not problems, my friends. Those are symptoms of the problem. Big government, excessive government spending, government taxation, personal income taxes, the, the 17th Amendment even to the, to the United States Constitution that destroyed essentially uh, a, a key element of checks and balances in our government. Um, there are lots of things that have happened as a result of the problem. But they themselves are not the problems. And if we dedicate our lives to solving those things, solving the symptoms, it's like cutting dandelions off you know, at the head only to leave the roots intact. Uh, it's not going to solve anything. 
it gives you a temporary uh, aesthetic. It gives you a temporary feeling of victory, uh, only to lament that tomorrow you come back and there are more weeds in your lawn than there were uh, before you started. We have to get down to the real problem, not just these symptoms. And, and the real problem is an idea. And it's an idea that's like a virus. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You've spent your whole life, and, and you, you, you felt it, but you haven't been able to put your finger on it. Uh, the problem that we face is an idea that has been adopted. It's become popular consciously and subconsciously in Western civilization. And it, it like any virus, has wreaked havoc. And, and quite frankly, it's a lethal virus. It's a lethal mental virus. And without going into to an academic discussion of it, it basically uh, can be described as this idea that government solves problems. This idea also has a corollary that powerful government solves problems better than weaker government. And, and I know that sounds simplistic to some of you. Uh, and, and, and there's more academic precision that we could use to describe the problem. But for the sake of today, introducing a lot of you to it for the first time, our enemy um, ha- has been training you, has been teaching you, and has been educating you, your parents, and now your children, that the way to solve society's problems is with the government. That the government is the tool of social change. Uh, to change the world and make the world a better place, the instrumentality is government. And, and, and the enemy pulls at your heartstrings. And, for example, you, you talk about education. And you talk about the problem in education. And you talk about the consequences of children growing up poorly educated. And boy, those of you who are parents who are struggling with education in, in the lives of your children or even who, who yourself struggled, you start to say, yeah, the education's a mess. We've got to solve education. Or, no, man, we can talk about war. We can talk about national security. And, and you know, you, you talk about some of the horrible, ugly things that are happening in the world and, and, and the political conflicts. And, and I could, you know, we could spend hours talking about those things. And, and some of you would get riled up and say, yeah, we've got to change that. We've got to fix that. We've got to do something about that. And every time that conversation gets started, there's an unspoken assumption that the solution is changing government. And, and we call it socialism. We call it Marxism. Uh, we call it tyranny. We call it all kinds of things. We call it uh, statism. Uh, this idea that the institution of the state, the institution of government, is how we make the world better. We need to change how we fund things. We need to give more money to things. We need uh, to do different things with government, and then the world will act differently, and then we will all be happy. And, and a lot of you don't even realize you're sick with the virus. A lot of the lovers of liberty are just as sick with the virus, and here's how you know. Because you think we're going to save freedom in Washington, D.C., or at the state capitol. You think we're going to save the Constitution by passing a constitutional amendment. You think we're going to save freedom by electing better senators or better congressmen or, for most people, better a president. You think that if we elect the right man or woman to be the president of the United States, they can do it for us. You think, you know you have the illness if you think that passing legislation can fix the problem. It cannot, my friends. You can pass all the laws in the world. You can amend the Constitution. You can elect uh, your favorite senator. You could clone him or her. And you could elect him a hundred times. It's not going to solve the problem. Now, I don't mean to say we should just give up on elections, and I don't mean to say we should never advocate for legislation. But we should do that as part of a bigger strategy, a strategy oriented towards our ultimate victory, realizing that no election is going to change our fate. No passage of any law, good or bad, is going to change our fate. Obamacare is not the problem. The Internal Revenue Service is not the problem. Uh, Cap and trade is not the problem. The environmentalist conspiracy is not the problem. The banking cabal is not the problem. The Federal Reserve is not the problem. These are symptoms of the problem. Some of them are serious symptoms. And some of the symptoms need treated as we engage in the battle so that we don't die in the process. But treating symptoms is not a battle plan. We have got to solve the problem. We have got to realize that saving freedom restoring the Constitution 
isn't going to be done through government. It wasn't established through government. You remember that statement at the beginning of the Constitution of the United States. Think about it. It wasn't a government that established the Constitution of the United States. You say, well, oh, it was a group of people and they had influence in government. Before you argue with me, just think it through. Will you take me seriously and just consider the possibility that one of the reasons the freedom movement has not been successful is because it is based in large part on the same mental poison as the movement of our enemy. This idea that solving our problems is going to be accomplished through government. Just consider it. When you start to consider it, you start to realize that the government we have is the result of something. That the government we have is the symptom of something. And we have to fix that something. And we can do it. We can do it quickly. We can do it in in reality. We can do it concretely. and, And we can change the world. But we've got to get rid of this virus. We've got to get this virus out of our mind. This idea that that Karl Marx was punch drunk with and and, and Frederick Engels, this idea that the way you were going to right the wrongs of the world is to, to, as the people, as the proletariat, take control of the reins of government and change the physical world to change reality. Uh, That idea has done more damage uh, to good society to, to free society and to good living than any other idea. It's a wicked idea. It's, born, uh, it, it's, it's akin to the same family of ideas as that you can have something for nothing in this world, uh, that uh, the solution to all of your problems relies in having more power, more money, uh, more things, more stuff. Uh, all these ideas have the same source, and they all come from the same problem. So we've got to get clear as we focus in on that problem that we're not going to solve this uh, uh, battle um, by, by action in Washington, D.C., or action at the state capitol. There is action that needs to take place in, in those locations. But that action will be the result of our strategy. It will be a part of our battle plan. It will not be a substitute for our strategy and our battle plan. And um, there you go. I, I've given you a little piece of the puzzle. We've got a lot to talk about. There are, there are a lot more details a, 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 as we unravel this scroll of inspiration, if you will. And um, there is a vision, my friends. There is a path forward. There is a finish line. There is a destination. And we can accomplish it. And what you might not know, and what will be good news to you, is it starts within the walls of your own home. And that's not a cop-out. That's not underwhelming. You know, it's, it's not disappointing. I, I remember in the past, you know, being... Being, being fired up about that cause of liberty and wanting to get to work and wanting to change the world. And if somebody told me it started within the walls of my own home, I would say, what are you talking about? But let me put it this way. There are four fundamental pieces uh, of government. See, see, here's, I mean, we don't have time today. You don't even know what government is, my friends. You have been trained, taught, and educated with a bad idea from the time you were uh, small and, and formed the idea of government in your mind. Do you, do you understand that you probably don't even have a proper understanding of what the word government means? Just, just to give you a, a, a challenge here before we, we sign off for the day, be, before we, we have to go, uh, go look at the definition of government. Uh, and I don't care whether you look it up on Wikipedia or, or the dictionary.com or your Merriam-Webster's dictionary, whatever. I want you to go look it up. And, and I want you to look at today's definition of government. Okay? And then I want you to compare it with a little bit older version. Okay? With a little bit older definition. I want you to go back and look at Daniel Webster's okay, definition of government. And I want you to compare the two. I want you to go back and look at um, the 1828 dictionary definition. And, and those of you who have online access, it's, it's online. Just go Google the 1828 uh, dic- uh, Webster's Dictionary. And I want you to compare those two definitions of government. Because you don't even understand what you've been trained, taught, and educated to believe. We've got to start with our ABCs, my friends. We've got to start by getting our minds straight. And there are four areas, four key areas of, of understanding what government even is. Okay, we're going to talk about 
those four things. We're going to talk about these on the radio uh, to give you a little bit of a teaser so you understand. It has to do with your economic situation. It has to do with your education situation. It has to do with your religion and your religious beliefs and your religious situation. And it has to do with justice or what you think of as government. Okay, those four areas, justice, economics, education, and religion, those are the areas that have been corrupted by this bad and false idea that to solve the problems of the world, whether they're in one of those four realms or somewhere else, we need to use government to solve the problem. We've corrupted the notion of government. We've corrupted the use of government. Okay? And so the consequence is, in your own personal life, there's a shortage of justice and fairness. In your own personal life, there's economic chaos and mismanagement. Even if you're making enough money to live, you understand you're nervous financially and economically. Educationally, you're lost. You probably didn't get near the education you now realize you wish you would have had. Your children are suffering because you realize your children are probably not getting the education you want them to have. Or they're getting it in an environment that's driving you crazy. And religion-wise, even if you're active in church, but most of you aren't active in church, but even if you are active in church... You're not feeling fulfilled because you have a misunderstanding. You have an idea that has been planted in your mind like a virus. And we've got to get it out. And the way you battle a bad idea is with the truth, with a good idea, with a new idea. And that's why you're going to tune into Free Capitalist Radio because we're going to talk about how to remedy ourselves from this bad idea that somehow government is the solution. It is not the solution. Government, when society is properly organized... Uh, based on the principles of liberty, becomes a tool to secure liberty. Read the Declaration of Independence. The purpose of government. Government, Jefferson said, is instituted to secure the principles of liberty. But whenever any form of government becomes destructive of those ends, it's the right of the people to alter it, to abolish it, and to institute new government. You see, government is the outgrowth of the people who are acting based upon an idea. And and Jefferson says we lay the foundations of the new government on such principles and organize it on such powers um, as to us will be the most likely way to secure our safety and happiness. We don't use government to change people. We change the minds of people and the natural consequence is their lives change and so do they change their government. Well, uh, that's the beginning. Uh, At least that's the beginning of the beginning. Uh, I hope you will tune back in tomorrow. I hope you'll tell a friend. Uh, go tell them the free capitalist back. And uh, if you want to be part of it, get in touch with you. Drop me a line. Drop me a note. Get in touch with me on Facebook or on the web. And uh, let me know you're on board. Uh, for now, we're signing off, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.